like turning music into industry is how you end up with so many like Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. drained because you just you're treating the person like a product. And honestly, that is one of the worst things that has happened is the idea that people are the products. And in a sense, it allows you to disassociate yourself with, I don't know, the, the corporation or the company. You're allowed to present yourself as the product. But on the same token, by becoming the product, you constantly sell Once yourself. Once it's industrialized, then it, it becomes poisoned. Yeah, it it's starts, like trying to catch smoke. You, yeah. By the very act of trying to be charitable, you're no longer charitable. I'm trying to decide what should we start with. Should we start with something like we've been in wartime industry for like the better part of 100 years? Hmm. Well, we could also start with the the definition. Industry just means hard, hard work. work. However, it's been corrupted to mean this other thing, which is technically true. But you know what we say about technicalities. Yes. As soon as somebody says technically, there's a lie right behind it. All right. This is Hyperborean Radio. I'm Celtic God. With me today, as always, is the Lord Keeper. How you doing, everybody? So today's topic, if you haven't noticed from the title, is industry. So let's start off with a vocab lesson. Of what course, one of those mean? wonderful vocab yeah. lessons of hyperbole. Everybody radio. loves them. Okay, so definition one, economic activity concern, concerned with the per- processing of raw materials and manufacture of goods and factories. Now everybody knows why I don't read stuff. Uh, the, competitive, the example is the competitiveness of American industry. Definition two, hard work. That's it. Uh, the example is the kitchen became a hive of industry. So industry itself is not bad, but the the definition, hard work, which would be the older definition, has definitely been corrupted in recent decades. Well, and a lot of it you can trace back to the Industrial Revolution is when a lot of things happen. There's a reason people like, like Lord of the Rings, because there's a joke going around that it's basically anti-industrial revolution propaganda. However, there's the other element that has allowed industry to be corrupted, which is the fact that we've been in wartime industry for the better part of 100 years when we haven't been fighting a war on the level of World War I and World War Two mm-hmm. in that entire time. I'm sure that there's some people out there, well, what's this got to do with the way? Just hold on. You'll, you'll find out. It's pretty much it's putting the people first. Well, and that's the crutch of it. The, the crutch? Cru- Crux. Yeah. Crux. Crux of it, yes. The crux of it is... We sound so smart in writing. (laughs) (laughs) But because we can edit ourselves 52 times. Yes. But the crux of it is that once you start putting profits or product above people, everything is just going to go downhill from there. And you can see it. And you can see it across the board. Mm -hmm. And... Like, I'll actually tell a little bit of a story. My dad, when I was younger, he got me and my siblings all the same book. It was called Thank You for Being Late. And it was about the idea that technology is advancing so fast that people can't keep up. So you got to find these little ways of adapting. I actually got mad at him for a little bit because I was like, why in the world do people have to adapt to technology? We're building this for us to use. Why are we adapting to it? Why isn't it adapting to us? Mm -hmm. And that shows the complete mindset flip that has occurred in industry. Well, and something else that I brought up a few minutes ago that you wanted to bring in. So let's bring it up first so that we don't forget. This algorithm that everybody's scared of, the chat chat GPT 42 or whatever. Yes, our our overlord Skynet. Yes, our Skynet. 
even from me arguing with it and, and talking with it and bear in mind this it's dumb it's it is dumb but it still uses logic as its basis and a lot of the information that it uses is let's say warped it even admits it but it admitted after talking to me which i have a tendency when i talk to it i make an error out a lot it doesn't know what to make of it and Same. i'm guessing it's and even al as i like to jokingly call it admits it's because not because of the words i'm using but because the concepts themselves is so foreign to the way that most people think it doesn't know quite how to quantify certain things but even the the al admitted that it should be humans over technology so technology working for humans not humans working for technology which is where we've ended up slipping over the last hundred years it turned into humans working for technology not the other way around well technology for technology's sake is pointless i actually agree with the amish on this mm -hmm. i don't go full amish but the amish well, idea obviously not well yeah because i'm <laughs> using a computer right now but the amish have this basic rule instead of everyone thinks they're basically luddites they're not really luddites or people that reject technology in and of itself what it is is when a new technology shows up they will meet their elders and their their community leaders and basically ask is this thing does this thing actually better our community does it add or will stuff? it enslave us or will it enslave us and if it enslaves us they get rid of it. It's why they don't really bother with zippers mm -hmm. because you can't really make zippers by hand, but you can make buttons. You can make you can make laces, but you can't really make a zipper. Zippers require an industrial process. So because that would require outside inputs, they don't bother with it, which is actually another thing a lot of people forget is no matter what you do, unless you live in a closed system, there is always going to be inputs and outputs. Mm -hmm. And you want more input than you do output. And this is what a lot of people mistake when they try to get like a local economy or something going is, well, if we just do this, if we just do if that. We if we only trade amongst each other, but there's taxes. There's which taxes. Which means that there's constantly output. Or, well, yeah, uh, money's constantly flowing out. You need to get money coming in from an outside source when it, when you're discussing economics like that. Well, and not just taxes, because there's also, just to take my, my little swipe, churches. Mm -hmm. Because churches and things of similar One nature. One of the last things to leave a dying town. Well, it's because they're, they're like ticks. Mm -hmm. I mean, because when you have these churches in a town and they're just demanding more tithe of people that can barely feed themselves, that money's not going back into the community going into the church which is an apparatus that doesn't care about the little town right well and at the risk of derailing the conversation a little bit i want to thank everybody that's been that donates to us whether it's on uh, uh what is that patreon buy, book, buy uh, me a coffee buy me a coffee patreon uh buying some of our our materials because this is resources in that we can use to do more output and of a higher quality a higher uh higher scale so uh i don't know if anybody can hear it I can hear it, but I think it's because I know that's happening uh, when I edit. But like our our sometimes you'll hear me taking a drink of coffee when we're when we're having a conversation. I drink from one of our very special cups, which you can well used to be able to get off from Teesprings, and eventually we'll be able, be able to get off from Teespring again. Um, we wear our own shirts, you know, and sometimes they're good conversation starters, like the one that says "Venerate the old gods." We or had, uh, we Hyperborea had, Forever. Yeah, or Hyperborea Forever. We had a whole series of these 
and, and we wear them out in public and people's like, well, what's that mean? And then we explain it. And why? Because, because it's good for them. And we can use this to go into other conversations, like say industry where they're like, oh, I never really thought about that. You guys are smart. You guys understand you're, you're human and you're not these evil people that we thought was associated with this movement oh, no. because you guys put people first. Oh yeah. Uh, I, even the, the aha gotcha guy. Oh, I've had people. What was our nickname for a while where we lived? Um, the, uh, the kind the racist. Kind racist. Yes. Yes. We was never called nice. No, <laughs> the kind, that was hilarious for a while yeah. because we'll, we'll hold doors for people. We don't care who they are. It, it's just polite. It's just being a... We represent our people at all times. So if we're dicks, that's who they think we are. Yes. But well, and here's the thing is like all this work that we put into this, we are the second definition of industry. We yes. put in the hard work. And it's worth it. It is. Well, it, just the... Not the, financially yet, which is why it's so important. And I really want to take the moment to thank anybody that does support us in that way because it, it really does help. It's... We're... We're not Joe Rogan. We're not Joe Rogan. Well, and speaking of shirts, I actually want to bring up something that I saw in a TV show not long ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Clarkson's Farm, which oh, is about yes. Jeremy Clarkson. And he well, and the, the industry around farming and business and bureaucrats. Bureaucrats is industrialized. First definition, um, the industrialized government. Oh, yeah. But there's this little thing that happens where he has a farm shop, which is supporting not just his farm, but several other farms. And what actually ends up happening is that he almost gets shut down because not everything he's selling is local. By their definition. By their definition, because there are, what was it? There were some cheeses from the next shire over. Mm -hmm. England has the best word for county. Same way shire. with milk. F milk. Um, but the big one was the T-shirts, which, yeah. But there wasn't really a printing shop in the area that and he was using. They looked. So they had to get him from, you know, farther away. I think it was like the joke was Beijing, England or something. Yeah. I don't know if that was true or not. But anyway, so he can't sell his shirts anymore. So people come to Clarkson's farm store and they want to get a shirt. So his, his wife is there and she's just like, oh, we don't sell shirts anymore. No, but if you'd like, I can give you one for free. If you'd like to buy a Brussels sprout for 20 pounds. Yes. There are complicated reasons for this. And it's amazing. And of course, people's like, yes, I will take two, please. Yes, I'll take a. Yeah, like, I'll take a potato. Okay, do we, would you like the t potato with the flame on it or without? Because she's pointing at the, the canvas at the bags. Yeah, or yeah, at the whatever it was that they wasn't supposed to be selling. Yes, well, they weren't selling it. They were selling potatoes. That's well, correct. It was like that, that one cattle farm that I told you about before where the guy, he let his cattle go wild because it's better for the cattle. It's better for the land. It's, it's just better all around. It's more healthy for everything and everyone involved. He couldn't be a ranch because of the way that he was doing it, because of the, the bureaucrats. So what he ended up doing is working around and figured out, oh, this is a rewilding project that I'm doing. And these are guard animals. And these are guard animals. Which, here's a fun fact. And if you don't believe that they're guard animals, you're more than welcome to walk out there. Most animals can actually guard themselves. Yeah. Cattle, geese, llamas. But... Here's another fun fact a lot of people don't realize. Cows are forest species. Yes. That's why they used to that's why they live in Europe. It, it's a whole thing. And there's another example of sort of skirting the regulations. There's this famous one. 
It's been around in a meme, which is the, uh, well, I need to build a horse shelter. Well, you can't build a horse shelter because of this, this, this. Okay, then. Builds a giant art sculpture of a table and chairs mm -hmm. tall enough for the horses to go under. And, of course, the regulators were pissed because it's not about actual health and safety. It's yeah, about power. It's not power. about anything that they claim that it is. The, the easy answer is, yes, about, it's about health and safety. It's about make, uh, ensuring that the building isn't going to fall down. It's, a, it's about the environment, the, the health. No, of but the it's about power it and control. nothing to do with that. It's about, it's about power. Control. It's about control. It's so that they can go to bed every night and masturbating industry. to a picture of themselves. And industry. The generation of money. Like, the corrupted version of industry is what it's about. Well, and actually, I want to bring that up as well, is why we say we've been in wartime industry. Because uh, people always credit, I think it's Ford, for inventing the assembly line. Yeah. He, he didn't did invent it. The assembly line's been around for a long time since the since wartime in the ancient days when people would one person would make staffs, the next person would make the pointy thing that goes on the staff. It was pretty simple. It's step by step. You, you see it all the time because it's just common sense. Yeah. If you need something made fast, you get a bunch um, of people together. See, a modern version where they could see this with a very old thing is Fletcher's that make make arrows. And they make thousands of arrows. You got a guy that selects the wood. You have a guy that straightens the wood. You got a guy that trims the wood. You got a guy that makes the arrowhead. You got a guy that puts the arrowhead on the shaft. You got a guy that puts the, the fletchings on the arrow shaft. Well, and, and it's industrialized because that's the way that you make so many of them so fast. Well, and you can make things old old fashioned way without all the modern tech and still make a good amount of objects like uh, the clay pipe makers in England back when those were a thing. Or you, they, what was the other one? A thousand swords in 30 days in England for for a war. Yeah, it, it was a thing. So the, but here's the thing is in general. You don't need that level of production. No. You don't need... You don't need wartime industry at all times because there's so many negative effects involved in that. Well, one is overreach of government mm -hmm. or the ruling class. Let's call what most of our quote-unquote governments are ruling classes, ruling elites. Because so, they can overextend during wartime because wartime measures. Then you also have people have less leisure time. They're actually overworked. Because they are supposed to, we have a war effort, so you got to work, 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 work. When the war is over, you can rest, but the war is never over. Correct. And then you have an over-inundation of product and not enough people to sell it. So you have farms overproducing, and you have the, the ruling class literally taking things with the bureaucracy and letting like huge piles of corn rot or car graveyards. Let, let, let's take the, the farming, for instance. It's a death spiral is what it is. You have a farm. The, they have to produce this much barley wheat, whatever, to be able to pay for the land that they're on because land taxes and the cost of everything else. So they have to produce this much per acre, which leaves them almost no profit per acre. So then they have to have this many acres to just be able to sustain, which is it works up to just ridiculous amounts. Well, you can't plant that much. So then, okay, well, we'll invent a machine so that it can plant that much. So that you can get it planted so that you can make your, 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 or so that you can grow the right amount of crop to sell it at this, at this level so that you can then pay for everything that needs to be paid for and 
survive. Okay, well, now so much is getting produced that the prices are going down. So then even if you do this, you can't make the money because it's not as valuable as it was when it was being produced slower. And you see how it becomes a death spiral. Now the government has to step in because no matter how much you do, you're still going to lose because of the industry. Well, it's supply versus demand. Yeah. Well, Which is why governments end up paying farmers to not farm. It's why farmers and uh, the government subsidizes farms. It's not so that they can produce more because you need it. It's so that they can keep producing at the same level so that they then pay the guy that makes the, I forget what the seed machine is called, or, or the, the disc plows or the, the tractors, and they have to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. At a certain point, the government has to step in be, because they just can't do it due to the very nature of the beast. And then if it's not done this way, then you have famine. Yes, and that's actually what caused a lot of the industrial agricultural system that exists today. It caused the Dust Bowl. Well, it caused the Dust Bowl, but there was, I think his name was Earl Butts. Mm -hmm. And he's the one that basically made the fence, the fence row to fence row comment, plant fence row to fence row. Mm -hmm. If you can't get big, get out. Yeah. And granted, I don't know his entire mentality but from what i understand earl butts he grew up in the great depression he grew up when food was scarce when people were digging in freaking trash cans to eat so from his mindset it would be i don't want people to go through this so we'll produce more food and that's what caused you know it's like that the christian saying uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions yes well it's not a christian saying but you know what i mean yeah a lot of these things started with a solution to a problem that created more problems and then another solution was placed on top which made more problems and now you just have this leaning tower of Pisa of solutions and problems and that, the higher you go the further out it, it gets and there's it will eventually fall down yes whereas it's easier to just sort of go back to base but why not remove some of these levels well because that goes against all this various industry by the first definition that's why they can't pull the tower down and then just start over again. Well, it's it comes down to when th certain things become industrialized, what do you do? Right. It's like uh, science becomes an industry. Well, now it becomes basically a dick measuring contest and trying to agree with, agree with the narrative so you can keep your job and keep making money. Or uh, archaeology has to get funding, so it starts lying about three stick figures representing right. the death of Baldur. It says what it has to say to get the money, even if the expert knows that's not true they say it because they have to say it to get the money to keep doing the thing that they're doing and it's not necessarily that the thing itself that they're doing is bad like archaeology i love archaeology i don't like the stories that they tell because the stories it's all built it's it's all set up to build a particular story and don't you dare touch that story because then everything else is going to crumble because you got certain aspects of, of uh, social sciences if to use that term as loosely as everyone else does but closer to what's what's presented um but there's societal norms that's built upon archaeology which is also originally when it became industrialized it, it's a science but the church was in charge of the science. So have, has nobody noticed that all these stories from archaeology line up magically with the church's religious text? Yeah, even though you can look at it from a different angle and it makes more sense. And what it is is something a lot of people don't realize is there is no such thing as a theory in social science. 
uh, in terms of history, in terms of archaeology, in terms of linguistics, there is no such thing as a theory because there, it, there well, is no way to get science. enough. I've seen some scientists that's actually come right out and explained it. As soon as you have a theory, it's no longer science. Yes. So in other words, the most you can get is a very well-supported hypothesis. Yeah. That's the best you can get. And that's just science. Yeah. And we brought up like medicine. Medicine has become industrialized. Medicine... Medicine is one that should never be industrialized. Well, and the kind of the thing is we bring up the old school medicine, like mm -hmm. pagan times where basically like the cult of Asclepius where you couldn't pay them. They would get gifts. They would be very well respected. Some of them might even be rich, but it wasn't because they got paid really well for, I don't know, recommending the right sheep's bladder mm -hmm. mixture or whatever. No, it was because they were just that well-respected and beloved for the work they did. Well, and there's a reason why the, the symbol itself went from the symbol of... Um, the, Aslep, the rod of Asclepius to the uh, Hermes' magic wand, basically. Right, to Hermes. is because now it's about industry and trade. Merchants. Yes. So how often do people go to the hospital? And if you stop and think about it, they're not doing anything. They have you hooked up to these monitors. They have an IV solution in your arm. And that's it. That's it. They're, they're not actually doing anything. Are they making you feel like they're doing something and then they charge through the nose for it? Or you go in for a cold and then you end up getting a CAT scan, an MRI, and three x-rays. Just to make sure. Yeah, just to make sure it's just a cold. This is industrialized medicine. It should never actually get to that point where it's for profit in that way. Your nonprofit organizations are for profit. Oh yeah, look, well, look at the, mon the the profit margin of some of your biggest um, charity, um, um, some of your biggest charities. Like I don't know, save the fucking whales, and they rake in billions of dollars, and their profit margin is zero. But then look at how much the people sitting up at the top are getting paid, where they're getting paid six figures, seven figures. 12 figures. <laughs> well, why would you try to fix, actually fix the issue that's keeping you employed? Yeah. So Greenpeace, PETA, none of these things actually have, well, first of all, some of them are corrupt as fuck. Look at PETA. Well, they all are. Yeah, they all let's, are. Let's be honest. Every one of them is corrupt. Well, and this isn't the fault of people that are trying to support charity. No, no. I, I don't blame, I don't know, Bob and Martha that give but, money to insert charity. They're trying to help. They're trying to do a good thing. Well, and charity, you can't industrialize charity. That's another one. And then on the subject. Well, and as soon as you try, it's not charity anymore. Well, and then usually what ends up happening when these things become industrialized is they remove the actual solutions, especially if they're easy and don't cost anything. Mm -hmm. Like to go back to the Asclepius cult. What they did when you showed up was take a bath, take a sleep. Here's an adorable dog. Here's a good meal. Mm -hmm. Are you still sick? Basically, you got a week of spa day and uh, well, dog love. Well, what they did was they identified that a lot of people's illnesses is literally just stress. Stress, uh, malnourishment. Uh, in some cases, literally just they, they can't clean themselves. It's not as yeah. much of a problem nowadays, right. but it could have been back then. There's Yes, there's a lot of different issues. We're not saying that everybody ran around filthy. No, 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 no. I, we're, we're not going to argue that. That's complete nonsense. Uh, or back to farming. Uh, a lot of people bring up GMO crops. The idea that they argue for GMO crops sounds pretty good. We, there's a lot of issues with them. But uh, they I'm gonna, say a lot of things that's not true. Oh, yeah. Well, 
simply put, a lot of times they make shittier yields yeah. than better yields. But the reality is, is just like changing Tinkerbell from a fairy to a sprite so you can copyright her. Uh, from a sprite to a, a fairy, you mean? Yeah, so from a sprite to a fairy. Misspoke. Uh, the nice thing about uh, GMOs for people is you can patent them. Yes. And entire farms have been just wiped out because enough GMO crops got into their farm that they sued no them. No fault of their own. Yeah, just wind. And they were growing heirloom crops, and they just basically had their entire farm shut down. Yeah. They had to burn an entire heirloom crop now brought over from the old country. tell me this is about country. health. It's not. It's, it's obvious. It's about money. It's about power and control. Yeah. Quite often, it's simply about power. And once you have all the money, um, now it's just about power. Or um, music. Music's another one that never should have been industrialized. It's a sacred... I'm not against people being paid for their musical talents. I'm not against people being paid for any of this. I like the traditional uh, Celtic way of doing it is, I don't know, you write a song. You get a year to produce this song, uh, perform it, everything else, and you get all the money because you're the only one able to do this song. But after one year, anybody can do it. Now it turns into who does it the best. Well, you want good music. This is a, that's exactly how you get it. You remove most of these, almost all these rules, and you will get excellent performances. Well, imagine if uh, all these performance halls were sacred buildings, mm -hmm. holy buildings. So, like Red Rock Amphitheater, or uh, pick a famous one from your area, and. There w wasn't really an, a cover charge. Like, you didn't have to pay to use this but, place. Uh, yes, uh, where the performer does. Because I'm not going to argue it would bring down the ticket, ticket prices. I, I'm not going to. Human nature doesn't allow, uh, does not allow for that. But if, they, if the, um, the performance hall didn't, it's a sacred place provided by the community. A performer comes in. And there's no music industry, really, because, uh, especially in today, where we have the, uh, the internet, the interwebs, so they can just put their music up online. And then they can go to an area. They don't have to pay the overhead for the, for the stadium. They can play. Then at least the money is going to the performer instead of a little bit of money to the performer and well and the money would also go to the people that they have that they hire to work there for their concert or whatever but rather than going to these faceless mega billion dollar music industry heads it goes to the artist would you not rather pay a hundred dollars for a ticket for the artist that does this wonderful performance for him to have it and then to pay the people that clean up or whatever as opposed to your $100 ticket goes $90 to some faceless head that then controls the music that the artist can put out and no, you can't sing it this way and it has to be performed that way and they start micromanaging and the artist only gets $10. Well, I would rather pay the artist or the performer, not even the artist, the, the performer $100 to sing to me than... $10 to him and $90 to somebody that tells him what he can and can't do. Well, and because if he sucks, I'm never going to do it again. Well, in the music industry, it churns people up and spits them out. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, uh, a lot of people will have a really good first album, and then every album after that's crap because they're forced to put out an album before it's really ready. Well, and or their work to the point where they basically are dead inside. Or the music industry is like, well, you need to wear this stupid jacket and this stupid hat. 
and we need to um, we need to style your hair or, into a ponytail. Yeah, or, or we just aren't going to produce your music, and then you don't get to do this anymore. Well, and they that have gives too many controls. Well, and they are trying to control the person so much that they'll bring in like image consultants and media personalities that literally are designed to change the way they speak and think. Yeah. Well, like in that one movie, we're going to change the way that you speak and think. Yes, because a bunch of fishermen who were who were singing shanties were going to update were, the way that you think. Yeah, they weren't politically correct enough. Well, no shit, because what That's use is part of their their appeal? Yes, but they they don't think that. They think, oh no, media storm. Which another thing, what the frick is up with media storms? Everyone's like, oh no, this person said something mean about X. Who the fuck really cares? Right. Who the fuck cares? No one does. On that note, too, once you have industry on this level, the wartime industry, you end up with your ruling elites or your ruling class, however it is that you want to say it. I think some of what's going on is they are so removed because they are the ruling elite. They are so removed from reality. People's notice this. The memes are coming true. I think this is why. They are so removed from reality. They don't realize that many of these memes are mocking certain things and they and from their high thrones are looking at these memes saying this is what the people want and so they do it and then it just gets worse from there it's like the anheuser bush controversy Mm -hmm. it's not about the the dylan guy the the tranny it's not what happened was they just kept digging themselves deeper first there was like the what the fuck this is you know, the king of beers. Yeah. You, you have a history of these extremely popular advertisements. So good people actually look for them. You know, the Budweiser Frog, the the Bud Knight, the, the Clydesdales, all these like classic Americana things. And then they pull this like, what the fuck? And then they dug themselves deeper by insulting frat culture. I'm like, Which is actually what the the. Um What's it called? Boycott uh, was the, about. Yeah, what the boycott is And then they about. dug themselves deeper with it, the non-apology. Has, and then they dug themselves deeper with the, the pandering American ad. And it's like, just shut up. Just shut up and this will stop getting worse. Because you're just making it worse. And just it's, take the fucking hit. And it's because they didn't real they, they misunderstood their but audience so, so much. they're so elite that they don't understand. They are so separated. They cannot understand what it's actually about. They, they have the let them eat cake mentality without the let them eat cake mentality. Yeah. They're so far removed, they don't understand these things. And then they don't understand why people would do this thing. You know, it's like someone says, well, just go to Europe for a month, vacation, go to a B&B, interact with the people. It's like most people can't afford to take a weekend off work. And stay home. And stay home, let alone go to Europe. So it's like. Are you or that, go, or, or even go to the next town? Are you that unaware? And it, it, the truth is, a lot of them are. Yeah. They're so insulated and protected. It's like the the what's the rich the rich kid stereotype, where it's like I can't wait to wreck my car so I can get a new one. It, it's mean, a legit thing. Meanwhile, or, you got the third hand car that's the also their parents. Um, the generational wealth. Well, how much how much money does the average person make in a week? They're like, I, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars. They have no idea because they are so separated. Well, like, and because have, they're so separated, they see these memes, for instance, like the L'Oreal. They're memes. With you, Legolas you guy, and whatever. Yeah, Legolas, the lion shaking his head out. L'Oreal. And they think, ah, this is what people really want. They want the effeminized male with the L'Oreal hair. So let's start producing this and pushing this and they don't understand that they're being mocked yes they they just it does not occur to them because everyone wants to be like me 
I have, look at all the money and power and control that I have. Everyone wants to be like us and they don't realize it's all mockery. Oh yeah. It makes perfect sense as to why a lot of these things are walking into reality. Well, and once you have all of these, cause I'm not against hierarchy by any stretch of the imagination, but when you have these, these segments of society that are so separated and one that has nothing to do with the other is in control of the other. Mm hmm you end up with absolute nonsense because they are so disconnected from the people they're supposedly trying to manage or whatever the frick is in their head that they just end up making every wrong decision. It's like the people who have never been on a boat have no business telling a captain what to do. The person that has never, I don't know, worked logging has no business telling loggers what to do, which is another industry that has gone to pot We're all in the name of environment being environmentally friendly and has destroyed so much of our wildlife and nature areas all in the name of environmentalism well because you used to be a logger yes. you grew up with like oh, and the the hand loggers were attacked so viciously now they got giant lawnmowers yeah well it's more efficient it's more environmentally friendly so on and so forth then why are the forests being mowed down yeah, the forests are dying. There's nothing left. There, we, we've seen it. Like areas that used to be forests, just clear-cut. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I've taken you to a couple of those places, and it's just it's, it's monstrous. It looks like a freaking war zone. Well, and this is actually a good example of there's these traditional ways that went on for a long time. And people will bring up, like, uh, in the Viking Age, a lot in Europe, a lot of the trees shrunk. Well, they were at constant war. Yeah. So wartime production. But the goal is, is once the war's over, you start regrowing the forests and trees because you don't need as much wood. Well, and let's be honest. It's not even regrowing them. It's you just stop cutting them down. Oh, yeah, because they'll grow back on their own. Yeah. I mean, anybody that has a lawn that they have to mow, and there's a lot of people, even if you don't own the, the property, you rent it, a lot of people have to mow their lawns. Or if you live in an apartment complex and there's a lawn where maintenance comes by and mows it all the time, Take a walk out through, through that, the lawn areas and look down in amongst the grass and see how many tree saplings you can find. Those are going to get mowed over. All you have to do to have a tree in that spot, you didn't have to plant a tree. All you had to do was not mow it. Well, and this is another thing that a lot of people don't realize is like chestnut trees. Because mm -hmm. chestnut trees used to be really big in America. Then they all died of blight, quote unquote. Right. We got to cut them all down so that they'll live. What? And yes. oddly... The wood was worth a lot. Isn't this awful? And they do that a lot. It's almost like every time they want to cut down most of a tree, they start inventing a disease. Yes. Or, or just bringing attention to one that already existed and wasn't as bad. Well, and they use the medical industry goes for the women. You, you can go backwards in history for centuries. They always target the women. Women, take your arsenic and make sure that your husband takes his cyanide twice a day because it's healthy. Oh, yeah. Make sure to... For better health. Make sure to drink your opium three times a day. Well, they always go after the women because women are, they care about the health of their families. Mm -hmm. And then they trust the authority of the doctors. So yes. they end up trusting these snake oil salesmen and actually making things worse. And I'm glad there's a lot of women out there that are seeing through the bullshit and trying to take care of their families. Good work to any of you yeah. that might be listening. But they've they've taken advantage of this natural instinct that our females have they do this a lot it actually is kind of sickening well, they do it to males it's just a different game oh yeah play with males well like with females they'll do like they'll set up the store to take advantage of their gathering instinct mm -hmm. they are using the natural inclinations of the male and females against them to pilfer us 
And a lot of these industries, a lot of these things, what it is is it's the wartime scale, a level that it shouldn't have reached. Like, for instance, uh, let's go with logging. Selective cutting traditional logging, the kind like you'd learn from your Paul Bunyan tales. Well, and if you need, this is the advantage that a hand, uh, hand logger has over a machine. Machine cuts it off. They cut it off close to the ground. Great, right? But what you're after is logs for two by fours and, and veneer because it's pretty and stuff like this. The excess goes to paper mills. The, the stuff that you can't really make lumber out of because it's too small. It's too crooked. It's, it's knotty. It's got holes in it. All these things that won't make good lumber. The hand sawyer can look at the base of it and say, oh, there's a hole in the base of it that goes up two feet. And then, then it's solid. And from there, I can now get a log. Eight feet, 10 feet, 12 feet, whatever. He cuts it off. He made a log out of it. The machine, on the other hand, from the base goes up eight feet. That whole eight-foot chunk is now paper because of the hole that's in the end because you can't make an eight-foot two-by-four out of six foot of solid wood. Well, It just doesn't work. Now, you go up eight more feet, and at the other end, there's two feet of where it's got a serious hook and knot in it. So... It just goes up there, boom. You, now you got two pieces of paper wood where before you could have had actually two logs out of it before getting to the paper wood. Well, and here's and another. People wonder why the price of lumber is going up. Well, the it's price. Because of these, these machines that just go chunk, chunk, chunk. Well, and the quality chunk, of wood has gone uh, down. Well, and here's another thing that nobody brings up because uh, you've told me stories about oh, being and, in a log. And by the way, also, hand logging is slower. You're not getting it out as fast. No, but the reality is, is outside of wartime industry, you don't need to get it out as fast. Because, like, for instance, one of the things a lot of people won't bring up about logging, because everyone's like, logger bad, you know, because of all the propaganda. Like, uh, let's say a logger is cutting a tree. and The then idea they... that you have to plant a tree, that a human has to go out, Dig a hole, take a purchased tree to put the tree in the hole to plant a tree is absolutely ridiculous. Let's stop and ask ourselves, if this is a requirement for a tree to exist, why do trees exist? Yeah, that would be a bit odd. But I was actually going to bring up something that's a bit to the side, but I think it's actually an important example. Mm -hmm. Is the people that work in these industries not only care about what they're doing, but everything around it. Like, for instance... Uh, You've told me stories about loggers. They'll be cutting a tree, and it's horrible. But they'll they'll get a raccoon living yeah. in the tree. So they, a lot of times, they'll actually end up rescuing. Like unfortunately, they killed I don't know the mama or the papa. Right. So then they'll take the well, a couple of the kits. It, yeah. It doesn't matter, but they end up stopping because they can. And then they can actually get the other raccoons out. If it's the kits, they might take care of the kits. Right. And the thing is, the guy running the the processor. It's not that he's doing it on purpose. He's not doing it on purpose any more than the, the hand sawyer is. But the, the process is so fast, and it's out like 8 to 15 feet from where he's sitting at. He doesn't see the blood. Until it's too Until clear. it's a big just cloud of blood. And then he's like, oh, shit. Well, and loggers learn to deal with the animals, and it's not always positive. Like, one of the oddest things that happens with loggers that I would never have thought about was porcupines. Mm -hmm. Well, you think, oh, they're shooting, shooting their barbs at people. No, it's because they eat the tires. Yes. Because the tires have the sweet 
the the sap and the salt from the person touching it and mm-hmm. the tire going over the um the the stumps and the logs and then you got like your environmental people well this is bad because then you know they're killing the porcupines by because it's the rubber ah sweet sweet child you don't understand actually what's going on no and the loggers aren't doing this on purpose and quite often what the logger ends up doing is figuring out ways to keep the porcupine from doing it because kind of need the tires well and you don't necessarily want to have to get rid of the porcupine and the thing is if you get rid of one porcupine another one just shows up so yeah and there's nothing wrong with porcupines i've seen them they're most of the time they're just vibing yeah but that's logging then there's also something like uh fishing like i'll use one of my favorite things to bring up to stay on the logging thing this is something i've seen the loggers know that there's bear deer etc in the area when you're logging that means that there's people there when there's people there that means that there's food there these animals come in so then what ends up happening is a section is logged right especially when it's hand logged and then what they'll end up doing is taking food and putting it in the already logged area to keep them out of out of harm's way well and you go over here where we're already done working that's where the food is we're putting it all over here so that you'll stay out of the way so that we don't harm you they there's steps made when you're going slower that can be made that is actually better for nature. Well, and to get onto the logging thing as well, like you've told me about loggers that have had like deer as friends, yeah. like the deer, you can't, you can't get the deer. You can't even try the go on. I'd ever loved you anyway. The lassie trick. Right. The, it, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. No, the deer sticks around until the DNR finds out Yeah, and kills the deer. Yeah. You know, for the deer's, Safety. Yes, because you know the health and safety of the deer, they will shoot the deer. Yeah, and they've done that with, of course, you know, like people call because there's a mama bear running from a forest fire digging in trash cans. Industrialized environmentalism is what it is. It's industrialized animal care, like puppy mills. Yeah, and the puppy mills. This is the horrific thing. Part of the reason the puppy mills started happening was because people would find out about breeding animals, you know, dogs, and go and take the dogs because the dogs that are being bred are of high quality, so they're valuable. But then eventually it turned into this monstrous industrialized thing. It's like... Well, and part of it's actually due to the laws themselves. Are there monsters out there that delight in this? Of course there is. Most people that participate in any particular thing, no, they're not trying to be monsters. No. They're doing the thing because they like the thing, because they love the thing, and because they can feed themselves doing the thing. Well, it's like uh, the industrialized farming, the factory farming. Mm-hmm. Our people, it's actually been commented on, it's hard for us to last a week or two at some one of these things. They have to get the other races who are more, less emotionally. They're, they're more tolerant of such things more tolerant of the monstrism we can't accept it it's against every fiber of our being that's why a lot of people end up going vegan they'll they'll preach about some bullshit or whatever but it's because they don't like the idea of you know dead baby cow or whatever right whatever they are viewing it as and the reality is is even that because they'll argue well how else do we feed everybody i don't know we were doing pretty good before it right and it's it's a thing and most people are vegans because they're trying to be good people They don't realize, most of them, I think, don't realize the damage, the sheer carnage that is caused by this lifestyle choice. And they they can't accept it because they know this other lifestyle choice causes this. It's not 
the meat. It's not the vegetarian. It's not. It's not, not being a meat a, ter- a carnivore diet. It's, it's the not being a vegan aspect of it, and the industry aspect of it goes into. And I don't mean the the traditional sense of hard work. It's the economic activity concerned with the processing of raw materials and manufactured goods in factories. Everything has been turned into a factory. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, even uh, schools are just factories slash prisons. Yeah. And the prison. And, and, does. and look at how the teachers act. Like some wardens. Of them, some teachers are good teachers that genuinely care. They have a tendency to be pushed out of the school system. The, the ones that last are the ones like, uh, what's that one character in Harry Potter? Everybody. Umbridge. Umbridge. Aha. Aha! Well, these, with a pointy finger, even. Well, these systems are set up to encourage the worst possible people into these positions of power. Like, I don't think most people that go to be teachers, that try to get into politics, that they don't go uh, that in, go to I learn to be think. butchers, uh, unless they're generational. And then, if they're generational, they, like the rich kid that thinks everybody makes a hundred thousand dollars a week, if they're generational, there's not necessarily a malicious intent there. They just don't know. They think that they know. To to use a quote that I wrote for um, the goddess Masha, they are they are so content in the fact that they know that, that they, they never, never think, think to, to question. Oh yeah, that they never think to question. You know my quote better than I do. Oh yes, <laughs> but it, it's this is the harsh reality, and then you combine this with industrialization. And you end up with a bunch of really well-intentioned monsters. Well, and the regulation, it ends up with people trying to control something they don't necessarily understand Mm -hmm. just because that's the way it's been. And the thing is, this is why, like, most of our... We've always been Christian. We're Christian now. We will always be Christian. hundred years later, we've always been Muslim. We're Muslim now. We've always been woke. We'll be woke forever or whatever. Yes. But... This is why most old pagan systems were sort of set from the bottom up. Because what business is it of London to tell, I don't know, uh, Yorkshire how to make Yorkshire put it? I don't know enough about York. Uh, well, about and I'm going, to do an, I'm going to do a very awkward segue because I want to make sure that this gets in before the end of the show. I'm not going to mention names, but there's a couple people that we know that's north of us. Um, we've talked to them. 80 acres of land. I'm looking at everything that they're doing. They are doing everything. It should work. It really should. They're, I cannot identify anything that they are actually doing wrong. And yet, they're forced to sell the 80 acres to go down to 8 acres. If you guys are listening, hey guys, it's the truth. I, I've, I've looked at what it is that you guys are doing. I cannot identify anything wrong that you guys are doing in the sense of why it shouldn't work other than the industry of government. Well, and that brings us to land taxes, which are, at least in the United States, I'm not going to try and say everywhere because I don't know how every country set up, but land taxes in the United States are actually illegal. Most form of taxation in the United States is against our own yeah, uh, founding which principles. Amend- yeah, amendment that but, goes against, but yeah. So, land ta- and the result of land taxes is that people lose their land because they have to make enough. It's constantly losing value. Constantly losing value. And farmers, for every acre they plant, they have to make back the land taxes plus. Mm-hmm. So that limits what they can grow. Because you can't necessarily grow, I don't know, pumpkins on an acre because you might not recoup the loss with pumpkins yeah. or whatever. And then they'll, anything they can't regulate, they'll try to destroy. Like, uh, for instance, the northeastern United States has the lobster fishermen, which basically functions sort of like a mafia. 
Right. Well, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to chase out the lobster fishermen to bring in big frigates. Yes, and they're claiming it's because the the small scale lobster fishermen who have been doing this generationally are harming the whales. Yes, yes, yes. Because all these small little lobster traps that yeah. have been there for centuries. And all the whales hit by by these big. Ask a lobster fisherman what happens if a whale gets underneath their boat, and watch them go pale. Yeah, it's not a situation. Versus ask somebody that works on a uh, my, mon- my money's more on Moby Dick than uh, Seamus the Fisherman. Yeah. But they're trying to destroy this. And what it is is, I said mafia. A, a more accurate term would be a guild. Yeah. But there's but a, in a... A traditional guild. Because what most people think of as a guild is it's more like the medieval the, guild, which is actually more akin to a union. A modern union like the ones that worked with the mafia. Right. True guilds work in a completely different way. But they the in- true guilds work more like the lobster, the, the lobster but, fishermen. There isn't dues that you have to pay. There isn't laws. There is charge. a way, though. Yeah, there is a way, but there's... And the way is enforced by the regular lobstermen, not because, well, you're no longer... Lo- We're stripping you of your license. That's not how it no, works. No, but you break enough of the, the guidelines, then they start... Your traps mysteriously end up broken, right. or uh, your uh, partner or, or on you your boat, or your partner in your boat mysteriously right. ends up eaten by lobsters at right. the bottom well, of the, the bay. Because the lobstermen go and talk to the the fishmongers, I believe that they're called the the people on the wharf that buy the the fish and lobsters. The other lobster fish lobstermen, fuck it, lobstermen, go and talk to the fishmongers, and they're like. This dude, he's going out there. He's setting his traps right next to everybody else's traps. He's stealing their traps. He's doing. He's running over their lines. The fishmonger stops buying from Bob, who is doing all the naughty things. There are things in, in place to enforce these rules without actually having rules. Oh, yeah, like the Pirate's Code. Yeah. It's a guideline. Yeah, they're more guidelines. Well, like, you do not, like, one of the things the lobster fisherman will do is, first of all, you don't take more than is your share, because if you take too many, that makes the whole yield suffer. Mm-hmm. Number two, they actually care about the lobsters, because their livelihood. It's better to have a low harvest one year. Than a low harvest forever. Yeah. And the reality is, like, they'll, they'll, they get a female lobster, and they'll mark the tail, especially if it's got eggs. Well, shit, and they put it feed back. them. Oh, yeah, they'll give it a little fish. Like, here well, you go, Mrs. No, lobster. I'm talking about, like, they will feed the entire area. They will take excess things that they don't necessarily um, um, sell or food scraps and literally feed. I, I've seen this, too. I, I, I've never participated in the lobster industry, so I don't know exactly how it works. But I've seen where they've... We're going to go out and feed the lobsters, and they go out on their trawler, and they basically spread out chum to feed the lobsters. Well, and that's another thing. You just call it an industry because it is. Yeah. It is hard work. It does support yeah, it livelihoods. Really it does support a town. It's just not an industry in the way that Keebler's is an industry. Which, let's, let's bring up something else we talked about. We were talking to two people we know. And one of them used to sell cookies, mm-hmm. uh, homemade cookies. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And we were talking to them, and I br- we brought up, like, imagine if Toll House or Keebler or Hostess wasn't just competing with, I don't know, Little Debbie, right. and had to compete with, you know, you, who makes cookies, and another person who makes cookies, and all these home bakers. Would you rather buy the Chips Ahoy cardboard or Susie from down the road's chocolate chip cookies and peanut butter kisses? Right, and this is what industrialized industry because that's what it is most of the time when somebody says industry they mean ford gm frito-lay 
we, we know the companies. That's not actually industry. That's industrialized industry. Which sounds... It sounds redundant. Well, industrialized versus industriousness. Because yeah. someone starting a cookie business is industrial. They, but, they are industrious. But there's a reason why all these big companies want all these regulations. Like with the other two people with the 80 acres is having to go to eight acres. Again, hi. Um, they brought up how they want to build a house. They, they need to build a house on this, this other piece of land. But there's so much red tape, so much bureaucracy in place. It has nothing to do with the safety of, oh, what if they build it incorrectly and a wall falls out and the whole house falls down upon yeah, them? Yeah, that's... They're not going to do that. There's buildings built by just regular people that's well over 100 years old. If you're in certain areas, this house was built by my great-grandfather and his friends, and they put it up in a weekend, and it's still up. Well, versus the one that follows all the regulations and they're collapsing after 20 years. Well, and here's the thing is there are houses like with the pioneers that are still standing. Still there. Nobody's been in them for 50 years. Well, yeah, years. and they, they didn't show up in their little covered wagons on the Oregon Trail and then be like, well, we got to wait for the regulators to catch up. For now, we're just going to sleep in the open air. Winter's in two weeks, but we'll be fine. They didn't do that. And they also didn't build things of, oh, well... Screw it. It's good enough. We'll rebuild it in the spring. Oh, screw it. It's good enough. We'll rebuild it in the no, fall. No, they built them to stand because they wanted to live there. They wanted their children to live there. They wanted them to be safe. They didn't the, want to have to worry about it. We're inherently lazy. We only want to do it once. So we will, what's the, the modern term? Over-engineer. Well, and there are so It's our nature to over-engineer things because this is what engineering really is. In engineering school, you got, um, you're building a bridge. And the bridge is going to carry 100 people a minute. You build it to carry 100 people a minute. Not 101, not 110. Right up to that limit. You, you exceed that limit, it, it collapses. So what they want to do is they want to come. Basically, uh, there, get, get right to the minimum. YouTube, uh, Real civil engineer. He explains it very well. Good engineering. You bring it to 99% where one more percent and it fails. That's good engineering. Yeah. Go to the bare minimum and just a little bit further for a little bit of safe zone. Yeah. That's what you do when you make this stuff. And the thing is, is people romanticize craftsmanship. But the reality is, while well, you might make a masterpiece of a table here, a masterpiece of a table there. Most of the time, you're making basic end tables that are just nice enough to sell. Well, especially when you're getting paid by the piece. It's like, what is it that you need? How much is it that you're paying me? I will meet this criteria as quickly as possible. Well, and then the thing is, is if you are a woodworker, you might make tables most of the time. Mm -hmm. But you might also make little toy tops, little yeah. toy trucks, the uh, forks well, and spoons. The and yeah. current industry... You can't do that. Which is actually one of the reasons automation on the uh, factory level, the handmade level, the, the, the grunt work that mm -hmm. people would consider, is starting to fade away like some haven't gotten the memo. But it, it makes more scrap. It's more expensive. So, like, you'll have a CNC machine, uh, which is basically a machine that cut makes cuts that are pre-planned into a piece of wood or a Check piece them out. Of They're pretty neat. It's a newfangled way of doing an old school thing. But... The thing is, the machine can't adapt. So if it makes a mistake, you just have scrap, yep. a lot of scrap. You can't take the whole that thing extra is wood. Garbage. Yeah, you can't take the extra wood and make a cutting board or a spoon. And really, you should be able to, other than industry prevents this. It's like you, you see some of these YouTube videos. Well, see what you do is you go get yourself a bunch of free pallets. 
If you can get free pallets in the U.S. today, congratulations. Keep doing it because you hit the jackpot. Oh, yeah. They Most almost, places. They don't the, do that. The, you can't even buy them. They would rather throw them in the trash than give you an opportunity to make $10 because if, I don't know, you step on the nail from a broken uh, pallet, they're worried that you're going to sue them, even though that's it's not, ridiculous. Yeah, but it it's could ridiculous. happen because there are people that will fake car crashes just to sue people when they're all in the bandages. It's and a this TV is because trope. all of this has been industrialized. Industrialized, corrupted, bureaucratized, whatever the word is. It's like industry has been industrialized. Well, and then they're trying to behave like they're people. They're not people. The people that are working at the company are people. And each of those people are individual persons. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like Anheuser-Busch, we brought it up a little earlier, trying to be all political and in vogue or whatever. It's like, don't even try. Like, you're not Ben and Jerry's who are built on their hippies. You're, you're, you are, you were... You have an American success story, even though you're currently owned by, I think it's Belgium. Mm -hmm. But like the guy who actually founded it, Anheuser-Busch, he was a Rhinelander from what is today, I think, Germany or France, came over, started a beer company that became the most well-known one in the country. That's your story. The rest of it is just don't even bother. You're a organization whose sole purpose is to sell a product. You're an idea. You are don't have political opinions other than what makes you more profit, which is, again, the problem with industry is eventually you have a faceless organization grinding through people and, and items. The people are the product. Yeah. But then you don't care about the people because they're the product. Yeah. And that brings us to um, from there. You also have regulation on the whole Toll House homemade cookie thing, because one if they had to compete with all these homemade cookie makers, Toll House and all these other places, would probably go bankrupt. Oh, uh, almost overnight. Uh, if they was to remove all these regulations. Because Francine probably wouldn't be poisoning people. And if she tried, she would only get one or two. If you want to poison mass people, work at Keebler's. Oh, yeah. Because the thing is, is it just takes one problem at any given point, and there's a mass recall. Right. Now, Francine, she decides that she's going to poison people with her magnificent cookies. She's going to get a couple people, and then people's going to figure out it's Francine's cookies. And then Francine will pay. Yeah. If nothing else, even if it turns out she was accidentally poisoning people, people will stop buying her cookies. I thought the rat poison was sugar. Yeah. So we've spent most of this hour analyzing what the problem is. I'm going to offer a small solution because we're right towards the tail end. I'm going to offer a small solution. Everybody's aware of the Nuremberg trials, right? These have been spouted out left side, right side, middle side, a lot in the last few years. So regardless of your political viewpoint of what happened during those trials, one of the things that was mentioned was just doing your job, just following orders is no excuse. This is one, I've lost jobs over this doing the right thing regardless of what my job description is regardless of what the rules are i have lost jobs over this because they're like well why did you do this because it was the right thing to do how many people in these various industries they they themselves are not bad people but they could very easily make somebody else's life easier better by i don't know instead of throwing the the pallet in the garbage they throw it in the back of a pickup truck for somebody to reuse it so rather than this wood going into the landfill 
getting ground up and going into a landfill, somebody else gets the pallet and can make cupboards out of it and then sell the cupboards. This is a very small thing. And you probably will lose your job over that. But how many people, how many policemen, how many judges, how many school teachers, how many people that work in various factories or stores? I'm just doing my job, man. It's not the one thing. It's thousands and thousands of pieces of gravel have been thrown into the same pile, creating a mountain, an absolute mountain that we have to overcome. And we don't overcome the mountain by throwing more gravel on it. No, you have to take it off piece by piece. So that, that's, that's my whole 10 cents on this episode is start doing what's right. Well, it, just the little things, just little things that you might be able to get away with doing a dozen times, two dozen times, a thousand times, simply because it's right. And it's just a little thing. So even when you get caught, you might get in a little bit of trouble. You might lose your job. But at least you did the right fucking thing. There's always another job out there. Well, and I'll just say, in general, people don't inherently want to harm other people. The people that make cookies don't want to poison them. The people that make tables don't want them to fall down. The people that make houses for their own family don't want it to collapse. The reason that these small fishing fleets of just small boats can do what a massive trawler would destroy in just a few years is because they actually care. They don't want to destroy what gives themselves a livelihood. They don't want to have human suffering be the, the legacy of what they do, whether they're lobster fishermen, whether they're miners, whether they're bakers, butchers, candlestick makers, loggers, road makers, architects. It doesn't matter. People, most people want to do a good job. And the more regulation, the more bureaucracy, the more these things are done and gunk up the woodwork, the more what ends up happening is that people are pushed out who want to do the right thing because they're penalized. And the people that are willing to do the worst end up rising to the top. And I don't think that's everyone that's risen to the top. I'm not going to argue that. But it certainly promotes in positions of power, in positions of importance and value the it encourages the worst aspects of humanity and in the end everything's about the people not the thing which means we need to focus on the people lore keeper out all right and uh yeah i'm gonna cut it out there i'm just gonna say uh this is the way it's people first all right until then see you guys next week <laughs>